Good morning, Oakwood family. So glad that you are here this morning with us, and uh, just uh, trust it's going to be a great Lord's Day. It's a good day to uh, be in the house of the Lord. Uh, we are in a series and have been in a series for several weeks, and um, we're going to kind of be done with the first part of the first phase of the series today, because we've been doing a series on the Ten Commandments, and uh, we talked about a few weeks ago that uh, the first four commandments have to do with our relationship with God and how we relate to the Heavenly Father. And uh, so today is commandment number four, and then what we'll find out is next week and moving forward, we'll be into commandments that of how we relate to one another. And I think God's got some really, really uh, great things that He's going to be showing us today and in the next several weeks. So I just want to encourage you uh, to be here, to stay in tune, to stay involved, and allow God to speak into your life. Now, a lot of people question why are the Ten Commandments important today, and I like to keep reminding you of that as we go through this series. And one of the things I was thinking about is I went on a trip to D.C. in high school, uh, my sophomore year on a band trip, and I remember going to a lot of the national monuments and all of these places, and I was amazed at how many of them might have some kind of a statue or, or something that was built, some kind of a monument, to the Ten Commandments. And, and really, if you think about it, and, and you strip away all the you know, political correctness and all these kind of things, it's really amazing because um, almost all of our laws, all of our rules on how we live our life, and how you would want to live your life, and how other people who aren't even Christians would, would like to live their life, all go back to the Ten Commandments. And a lot of people, when it goes back to the fundamentals of the Ten Commandments and the fundamentals of the laws of our land, they would, give a, they would give a nod and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I want people to treat me that way. I, I, I want to live my life that way. For a lot of people, they understand this respect that God desires from us. And so it's very important, very foundational, not only to the Christian life, but even to foundations of government and of countries and of morals and values everywhere come back to God's commands. And that's why I think it's so important that we understand them, uh, that we study them. And really today, I, I hope that you'll understand the heart behind them, the heart behind the commands. Because it's not just a list of rules that God's like trying to put some heavy yoke on your shoulders. It, 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 goes, it goes way, way beyond that. So let's do just a, a, a quick little review. The very first week, uh, very first commandment, God says, is have no other gods before me. And, and he's talking little g gods there. No other gods before me. I want to be the first and, and, and the most in your life. And I want your life to revolve around me. No other gods before me. Second week was no idols. And don't worship them. No idols and don't worship them. Because those idols, those things that distract us, those things that are little things in our life that become the main things in our life, get in the way of our relationship with God. So no idols and don't worship them. And last week, we talked about not taking the Lord's name in vain. Do not misuse the name of the Lord. And if you didn't, Get why that's important. Go back and watch last week's sermon, okay? It, it, it's just foundationally important out of respect for Almighty God. And he requires it of us is we're not going to misuse his name. We're not going to throw his name around when we you know, hit, hit our thumb with a hammer or anything like that. It's like his name is to be revered. It's to be held up. It's to be holy. And then we get to today. And today's commandment is about this, this thing called the Sabbath day. And how we keep the Sabbath day holy. And yet it's to be a day of rest, but a day of holy rest. What does all that mean? Uh, let's look at it together in um, the book of Exodus chapter 20. If you have your Bibles, turn there this morning. If you're following along in the app, we love that you do that. Um, all the scripture is going to be there, all the bullet points, and there's ways for you to take notes in the app as well. Just, uh, just download, uh, or in the, in the store, just uh, type in Oakwood Enid, and you can download the Oakwood app and 
Go to the sermon notes there. But Exodus chapter 20, if you're old school like me and got your Bible out, Exodus chapter 20, uh, we get to commandment 4 and verse 8. Now, one interesting thing about this commandment. This commandment is the longest of all of the commandments. Actually, the command itself isn't long, but the explanation of it is really long. And if you think about that, why about having a Sabbath day and keeping it holy? Why is that a big deal? Why does it take this long explanation? So just, just follow along here. Exodus chapter 20, beginning with verse 8, says this. It's the Lord speaking to, to the nation of Israel, speaking to us even today. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Stop there. Remember, what does holy mean? Holy means, in its simplest form, separate. It means separate, to be set apart, to be different. Okay, so we're supposed to have this Sabbath day. Notice that Sabbath is capitalized there because later we read that it's not capitalized. And it's the same word, but it's actually delineating it as a special holy day in our week. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now look what he says about this. This is the commentary on the command. Verse 9. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. In six days. But the seventh day is a Sabbath, lowercase, it's a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Now that word Sabbath means to cease. It means to cease striving. It means to stop doing what you're doing. Stop the doing. And so it says, but the seventh day is a Sabbath, is a ceasing of doing, stop doing what you're doing, to the Lord. It's, it's to be to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Neither you, now look how specific God gets here. Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, those working in your home, nor your animals, you may have your animals out back and say, well, they're going to thresh out the grain today by pulling that rock around. And no. No, not even your animals. They need a day of rest. Nor any foreigner, look, look, look at this, nor any foreigner residing in your town. So all the contractors that came in to do work from out of town, they're not to do work either. It's to be a ceasing of work. We're supposed to feel like everything slows down that day. We're, we're to feel like everything is, is kind of on pause. And then look what it says in verse 11. It's more explanation. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. And then he rested on the seventh day. In other words, God, did he need to rest? Was he out of energy? Was, it, was he just, he's really tired after creating the world? No. He's infinite. He's got infinite energy. He, he didn't need to rest. He did it as an example. And he says, just like I rested, you all actually have a need for rest. I'm building it into your I'm building it into your internal battery, into the system of your life. And I want you to make this day holy and set apart and different. And so after he made the earth, the sea, and all those in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, back to capitalization, a certain day of the week, blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. He, he blessed it and he made it holy. What is that? What is the meaning of this for us today? It, it's interesting because of what we've done with the Sabbath day. It, it, it has been a struggle for Christianity, and I think it's really a struggle even back in Jesus' times. And even back in the Old Testament, you know, you, we talk about these people sometimes when we talk about the Bible. There's this group of people called the Pharisees. They're the teachers of the law. Okay? They're the people that thought they had it all together and they had all of these rules. And what they did is they actually wrote this, this document called the Talmud. And the Talmud actually put extra laws on top of God's laws. Case in point, Sabbath day. They had it down to where you had a certain number of steps. 
Okay, so God says, keep the Sabbath day holy, have a day of rest, cease from working. Okay, they had it down. If you walk more than X number of steps a day, let's start some arbitrary number, okay, 740. If you take more than 740 steps, at step 741, that is now work. They would make these rules and, and add, add to what God's intentions were and to try to interpret it and to put um, in, in it what I, what I would call these legalistic interpretations of God's commandments. And try to put these restrictions and these weight on people in this thing called the Talmud, this running commentary on the laws of God. And, 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 and so we made it this thing where, oh, well, that delineates work, you know, because they just decided arbitrarily, oh, if you take this many steps or if you do this or if you do that. It's like, is that really God's intention? Like, that's what I want us to understand. That's what I want us to think about and focus today as we get to commandment four and we kind of wrap up the first four commandments that focus on our relationship with God. Is that God's intention? Was it, oh, man, I'm going to catch them. I'm going to catch them, man. They take step number 741. It's, yeah, there's going to be some judgment coming down. I mean, is that really? That's, no. <laughs> the Pharisees. They studied the law. They knew the law like the back of hand. They added extra laws. They wrote extra laws. And they missed the point completely. You see, when we keep God's law, and we think about and dwell upon his law, we can think about this question. What is God's intention? What's his intention? Is it just to set up another rule that we can stumble and fall? What? was the intention behind having no other gods before me? What was the intention behind no idols and don't worship them? What did, what did God really want? What was his intention with all of these commands? You see, we have to understand this. And this is just a summary of commandment number four. Commandment number four. Keep the Sabbath day for rest in my presence. This is a good, quick little summary. You want to know what, what verses 8 through 11 Really the longest command, and really a short command, but the longest commentary of all the commands that he gives us is this one. And really what it boils down to is this. Keep the Sabbath day for rest in my presence. Why? What is his intention? It's a day of worship. It's a day of rest. And the Sabbath is to be a gift from God. Something that we look forward to. It's to be the high point of our week. We work, 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 work six days, and on this day we rest and we mirror God's rest in our rest. You see, we have potential for refreshment and intimacy with God when we clear our minds and our schedules and we give him our focused attention. When we clear our minds and we clear our schedules and we give God our focus and attention, we have this opportunity, this potential for refreshment from the Lord and for intimacy from him. Don't, don't you remember what it says in, in, in Acts uh, chapter 3 verse 19? It says, repent then and turn to God. And remember the word repentance means to go a different direction in life because many of us need to repent of our sins and go a different direction. We feel that. And, and it says, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out so we can give you forgiveness of sins and that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Times of refreshing don't come from yourself. Times of refreshing that they may come from the Lord. 
I wonder if there's ever a time in your life where someone important to you, maybe it was your spouse, maybe it was a grandma or grandpa, maybe it was somebody at work, or maybe it was somebody you idolized, maybe it was a, a sports figure, or maybe it was a coach uh, that you really respected, or maybe it was a famous person, maybe an actor or an actress, or, or you know, just somebody of influence in your life. I wonder if you ever got to that point where you wanted to spend time with them, and what they did is they cleared their schedule for you. Like, they didn't have to, and you didn't expect them to, but how much did it mean to you when that person cleared their schedule and said, I'm going to give you my focused attention? Some, some of you may say, well, man, I remember that. I, I remember that with my, you know, whoever it was, my spouse or my, my grandpa. I just remember this one time that, that he just took the whole day and spent it with me. I mean, you think about that, that, that really means something. That someone would stop doing what they could be doing and focus on you. Parents, we do this with our kids sometimes, and it's a really good thing. Okay, they know we're busy. They know we could work. They know we always have something else to do. And yet when we stop and we spend time with them, how much does that mean to your boy or to your girl? Now, think, what's God's intention here? Is that we might pause and that we might rest and that we might focus on him. And because we've taken this pause, we've taken this rest, this is giving us the white space, if you will. Like a blank sheet of paper, the white space on the paper that we can actually offer this to the Lord. And focus on him more than we do other times. Better than we do at other times. We can focus on him because we are taking this focused Rest, no distractions, no other gods, no idols, glorifying his name, focused on him. Why is the Sabbath so important to God? Why is the Sabbath day with God important? Why is it important to him? Why is it important to us? I want to share some thoughts with you this morning about this. The first one is this. We experience a closeness and an intimacy with God. When we keep the Sabbath. We keep the Sabbath day holy. We have this closeness and this intimacy with God. This is spiritual in nature. A lot of times we think of the Sabbath and we want to make it physical in nature. Well, it's just about physical rest. And No, 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 no. Even the physical rest part of the Sabbath has to do with spiritual. God is wanting this relationship with us. God is wanting to be close to us. And because of this intentional break... Because of this space, because of the stopgap, then it feels like maybe we can give more attention to God. Because I don't have to be somewhere. I don't have to go to work. I've been working all week. I've been in the drudgery of the work all week. And now I have this break, I have this time that's set aside that I can focus on the Lord. And when we rest, we find that our mind's clear. Have you ever experienced this? Maybe you've even experienced that on vacation before. I mean, some of us go 90 to nothing so much, you get on vacation, you have to have like, what, two days, right? I mean, two days off, and then finally, I can finally relax, and you feel like there's this beautiful letdown. Why? It's because your mind's clear, finally. You've been thinking about, okay, how to do this, and then, and even going on a trip sometimes is stressful, right? I mean, I've got to pack, and I've got to plan, you know, activities for day two, and we're going to go on this bus, and we're going to go on this thing, and we're going to plan this, and we're going to go over here, and I don't know what we're going to eat that night. We're going to, you know, you do all this, ah, it's like, no, what about when you just do nothing? What about when you just, you, your plan is simple, and you find, wow, that's really awesome. I can, I can feel like I can rest. I feel like I, like I can have like a break here, and it feels different to me. 
And I find that when my mind clears, I gain perspective. I think that's part of the Sabbath from the Lord. For those who are in Christ Jesus, we can actually be drawn into his very presence with this intentional break from work. Because of that space that's created, it's this deep down desire that I think God instills in all of us. It's in there. We desire this break. We desire rest. And God says, come. Come and rest in me. In this idea called Sabbath. And when we do this, we experience a closeness and an intimacy with God, and that's why it's so important. Second thought this morning. Why is the Sabbath day with God important? When we obey God's command to obey the Sabbath, we find we have time to truly enjoy the work of Christ and look forward to the life to come. We get to look forward to heaven and eternal life. Why? Because it's something you've done? No. It's because of the work that Jesus Christ has done through his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Look at this New Testament passage. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 9 through 11 says this. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Now he's talking specifically about Israel there. But there's this this greater application to all of those who follow Christ. All of those who follow God. There remains then the Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works. Just as God did from his. Just like his example in creation. Let us therefore... Make every effort to enter that rest. And he shifts here. He's not just talking about earthly rest and a Sabbath day anymore. He says, let us then therefore make every effort to enter that rest. He's talking about eternal rest now so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. He's talking about a future rest. He's talking about a heavenly rest. That we get a taste of it. We get to think about it and dwell on it a little bit when we rest here. When we take a Sabbath here and we sit back and we pull back from everything that's pulling us in this world and we focus on the Lord and we we attend worship and, and we have this special time with the Lord and we get to this point where it's like, wow. Man, I appreciate what Jesus Christ has done. I haven't really been thinking about it because I've been so busy all week and been trying to produce and do this and accomplish this. And now I, I get to this point where it's like, wow. And the work that Christ has done, the work that God has done on my behalf. Sometimes we can't realize it until we stop what we're doing. And then we think, what has God done for me that seals my eternal destination in heaven? Because of that work and because of our acceptance in faith of Christ doing that work for us. And remember, God wasn't so consumed with his work that he never took a break. He could have not taken a break, but he chose not to. He says, intentional, I'm taking a break. This Sabbath day, keep it holy. And it helps remind us to cast our minds on the one who ultimately has done it all. Didn't we sing a song about that earlier in worship? You ever think about that, how worship and word tie together? Didn't we sing a song about that? Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Why? Because he did all the work. And yet God says, rest, have a day where you rest, holy rest, in my presence. So we've got to obey God's command. Obey this Sabbath command. Because then we can focus on the work of Christ and on eternal life. Third third thought this morning. The Sabbath brings joy and balance to our life by making God and his priorities our priorities. When we take this break 
This Sabbath actually brings us joy and it brings some balance to our life. And and it helps us to focus on God and to make God's priorities our priorities because that's what we need to do in life. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 58, verses 13 and 14. It says this, If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please and speaking out of words, he's, he's talking really about sinfulness here. He's talking about going against. It's like, I'm going to try to squeeze in one more day of work here. I'm going to try to, 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 to uh, squeeze in here one more distraction. And we don't focus on the Lord. We're, again, focused on the world and fo- focused on the pursuits of the world here. But not going your way, not doing as you please and speaking out of words. Then you will find your joy in the Lord. That's a lasting joy, by the way, not some temporary joy. You'll find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to the feast and to the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. And what he's talking about there specifically to the nation of Israel, that's who the Isaiah the prophet was prophesying to, was calling them to repent and to come, come back to God, to turn from their ways and come back to God. He's talking about the triumphs of the height of the land and to the feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. He's talking about all the blessings of the promised land. I mean, he's taking them, he's taking them back. He's saying, hey, I want you to remember all this. I want you to remember all of the blessings from the Lord. And I want you to remember the priorities of the Lord. And I want those priorities to become your priorities. And this is going to be something that brings you joy. And it's going to help balance your life because you are going to be focused on the Lord. And part of that is that we've got to keep the Sabbath day, keep it. Holy, you notice he says there in, in, in 13, you please, um, the Sabbath day, not doing just as you please. On the Lord's holy day. It's a holy day, separate, different, set apart, not to be like all of the other days of your week. And God has this amazing thing I think he does with us because he blesses us, which really leads us to the fourth thought this morning. He will, you will become, or we will become, even more productive in our work time. That's why the Sabbath day is it's another reason it's important. We will become even more productive in our work time. You've probably experienced this before, where you take a break from your job, and maybe you go on vacation, or, or maybe you find yourself, you know, just, just taking a break. You know, I had a break this summer called sabbatical. Ah, it sounds like Sabbath, right? Yeah, seven weeks away from being pulled every direction and having to write, having to produce, having to solve this problem and work on this, and, and it was a break. And I'm telling you what. God could do a lot of work in a break. <laughs> but it's amazing how close you feel to God when all of the things of this world seem to kind of start to fade away. And you focus on the priority. And you realize what's really important. What's important to God becomes important to you. Those priorities line up. And you find out, and I found out that even when I got back, how much more productive and more aligned I was with God. If we'll just take a break, if we'll take a rest, if we'll spend some focused time on the Lord, we'll find out that we're even more productive than, than we would be if we'd work seven days a week. That God blesses those six days a week. That we can actually produce more after we have had a break. Now, if you think about this, farmers know this. They even do this with their fields sometimes. Have you ever noticed that? You have these fields producing crops over and over and over, and then you'll have this one year, they're like, what gives? They didn't even plant anything this year. It's this concept called following. I don't know if you, you're familiar with it, but they actually do this intentionally. And you may say, why? It's dirt, right? I mean, come on, you know, it's dirt. You put 
Why, why would they take a year off? You know why they take a year off? It's because the minerals and the nutrients from the soil get depleted, being used over and over and over and over. And so sometimes they intentionally give a field a break. And what happens during that year is the rains come, and as the dirt breaks apart and begins to breathe, the nutrients and the minerals from the soil that are way down deep actually make their way to the surface. It's, it's like a proven physical scientific thing. And so actually resting the field, when they go back to plant the next year, it's a bumper crop. I mean, it, and it has more minerals and more vitamins and more things from the ground that make it better. And why? It's because it had rest. Because it had that break. And I wonder if that's true for dirt. Might it be true for God's people and humans when he commands it of us? Is there something to being more productive with our work time after we have had a break, after we have had a rest. I feel like God supernaturally blesses those other six days when we give him that seventh day and when we obey him in having a day of rest. I think it works, works much like tithing. God says, give me 10%, and he makes that 90% go farther than you ever thought. And those of you that are doing 100% for yourself, you're missing out. God says that 90% is going to go even further than your 100%. So if you want to, I say keep it. Keep on keeping on. Don't change your financial circumstances and sure don't trust the Lord with money. Try, try it with your salvation, but not with your paper and metal in your pocket, right? But it's true. I feel like God supernaturally blesses that 90%. And it's amazing because there's people all over this church that can tell you, yeah, I've been tired for years. Let me tell you what God's done. Over and over and over and over again. Because he's supernaturally blessed. You see, I think when we take that Sabbath and we take that break, there's a supernatural blessing that comes upon it. And it's not even more productivity. It's just more supernatural blessing from the Lord. I mean, ask, ask Chick-fil-A about this. You know what the top grossing restaurant through the pandemic is? Guess. The one that's open six days a week. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A came out of the pandemic better than any other restaurant in the country. You think about that? You think there's something to that? Why, why are they closed on Sundays? It's to aggravate Christians that want to eat lunch after church, right? <laughs> of course. So today the church meets, we might have a meeting, and we might want some Chick-fil-A, and we can't have it, right? We have to buy the nugget tray the night before and put it you know, in the fridge, and you have to warm it up. It's never as good the second time. But, but you know, I mean, really... Their business is, is open less than other businesses, and yet does better. I wonder if there's something to that. Have you ever been to a Chick-fil-A when it's closed on Sunday? I know I've, I've done this before, you know, years and years and years ago, you know, walk up to a door, you know, thinking, oh, I'll have some Chick-fil-A, there's no cars in the parking lot, but I'm there, you know, open the door, and it says, hey, it says, and it'll say, I think this says it's on their website and stuff too, it says that we're closed today, and this is a day, and, and they're basically saying it's observance of the Sabbath, but this is a day of rest for our employees and for them to spend time with the Lord and with their families. And it's like, wow, how are you guys doing business-wise? God blessing you? How's that working for you? Your second, you become even more productive. So if you're planning on going to work this afternoon, put it down. Take a break. And rest. Because you'll find you, you're even more blessed. Last thought this morning. Fifth one. The Sabbath is intended to be life-giving and not a drudgery, and not boring. Okay? It, it is to be life-giving, and not a drudgery, and not boring. Now, let me, let me spend a little bit of time here. 
the, the focus of it being holy and set apart and unto the Lord, the Sabbath day, is that it's to be a day unto the Lord. And the Lord is supposed to be the focus first and foremost. If you look at verse 10 of Exodus 20, when it's explaining the command, it says that it is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. In verse 11, it calls it a blessed and a holy day. And so I think it's appropriate that we would gather together like we're doing right now. I think it's appropriate that the church would gather together and glorify. And, and we read this as a scriptural. We, we see this in the book of Acts. We see it in, in Hebrews. We see it in 1 Corinthians where the church, it says, on the first day of the week came together and broke bread. You see it, you see it all throughout the New Testament. Now, some of us, we try to get legalistic just like the Pharisees about it. And they're like, yeah, but you didn't know this, Pastor, but Saturday was the seventh day. And so Saturday was the day that, that you know, because it, it was sundown Friday night to sundown Saturday night, and that was the Sabbath, and that's when they were to keep it holy. And, and yes, I would acknowledge that. In Jewish, in Jewish law and in tradition, that's what they did. But sometime, you know, we read in the New Testament, it says that on the first day of the week, they came together, and they broke bread, took Holy Communion together. On the first day of the week, they, they brought their tithes and offerings to the Lord. And so at some point in the book of Acts and, and, and Corinthians and Hebrews, we see this modeled. And, and, and I think to God, Saturday, Sunday, you know, keeping the law this way, keeping the law that way, what's the overall arcing intention of the Lord here? Let's get down to what is this about? Is it about what day it is or, or whether we're going to worship on Saturday or Sunday? What, what is it really about? It's about his intentionality to want a relationship with us and to work us into these rhythms in life where we have a break and we find out when we have a break, we can focus more on him. The Sabbath is intended to be life-giving and not a drudgery and not boring. Cease striving, Sabbath. So many people get caught up too. They think it's got to be a boring day. So what I do on Sabbath is I'm supposed to, supposed to, that's a word in Oklahoma, Supposed to. I'm supposed to go to church, and then I'm supposed to go home and sit in my chair and put my feet up. And if I read, that's work. No reading. If I watch football, no football. It's work. Statistical data going through your mind. I can't eat. I can't fix anything to eat because it's work. And the Pharisees, I mean, they made rules about all this stuff. I mean, they let animals die, you know? It's like I didn't water the animals, and it's like, oh. Of course, Jesus kind of turns everything, because didn't he do some healing on the Sabbath? But that's like no work for Jesus, because he just, it's done. But again, what's the intention? What's the intention of it? So some of you may say, okay, I want a break, but I want it to feel like a break to me. And what feels like a break to you might be a little different than another person. You might be good with the recliner. And you might take yourself down the path of legalism and you can't even open your eyes because your eyes are working as you're looking around. I mean, we can go real far with this stuff, okay? But some of you find it really relaxing to watch the football game and to eat food, maybe even fix it. And maybe some of you, you don't get to walk all week. In fact, you don't even get to be outside because you're stuck in this office all week. So maybe it feels good to you. I mean, it really refreshes you. It makes you feel restful if you're outside and you walk three miles on your Sabbath day. Maybe some of you want to just take a nap and sleep. Maybe some of you, yeah, we've got some nappers there. Maybe some of you like baking. And you're like, I love to bake, but I never have time to bake. Bake unto the Lord. Maybe some of you like a puzzle. You know, it's like, man, I remember doing puzzles. I love puzzles. I never have time to do puzzles. I, man, puzzles. And it, you know, it's, it feels restful to you to do a puzzle. Do a puzzle. Read a book. For some of us, 
Restful activity means we get to go swing a club. It's restful. You may exert a little bit, but it's it's restful. It's life-giving. It feels better than just sitting in a chair and doing nothing. And sometimes it's amazing how close you can feel to God when you're on the golf course. Or maybe for some of you it's fishing. Man, I have some times with the Lord when I'm fishing. And sometimes clearing my mind and being restful in that way is so different than the rest of my week. Hunting, maybe it's a bike ride. The author and blogger and and podcast person, Annie Downs, said this about Sabbath. If you work with your hands, Sabbath with your mind. And if you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. And that sometimes the antithesis there feels restful and brings joy. And it's something that feels completely different to us. And God says to keep this day holy, to remember me in it. When it's a break and it feels different and you feel rested and you feel energized and you feel like, hey, I could go back to work tomorrow. Remember the Lord. And I know we're, we're going to get practical here as we close it out today. Some of you are there and you're like, okay, I get it, okay? All right, God, I, I get it. No other gods before you, Right? Okay, no other gods. Okay, no, no idols and don't worship them or anything else in this world for that matter. Don't worship anything physical in this world, money and intelligence or ability or beauty or you know, any of those American idols that we talked about in week two. You know, but don't misuse my name because my name is really important to me. And when you use my name, I want it to be fear and awe and reverence when you use my name. And then I want you to have one day a week where you cease from striving where you're not trying to accomplish what you're accomplishing the other six days. I want it to be a step back, and I want it to feel different. And I want it to be separate. I want it to be set apart, and I want it to be holy. And, and we see the tradition is the church would gather on that day. And remember Jesus Christ. Remember the sacrifice of our Lord through Holy Communion. I want you to focus on me. I want you to remember me. And I want you to do something that's restful. Restful to your body. Restful to your soul. Restful to your mind. Something that you don't do the rest of the week. And something that doesn't feel laborious to you. Because there's something that I want from you in all of this. And that's your heart. And sometimes it's hard to find. But all these other things that are in the way, I want those things out of the way on this day. Just, just get, them, get them out of the way. Just, just, just really focus on. I want to be your God. I want to be your heavenly Father. I want you to experience the love, the passion that sent my son, Jesus, to the cross for you. That he would be sacrificed for your sins. The work that he did. I want you to rest in that. I want you to focus on that. And I want that to be what your Sabbath day is about. And you think about all these commands. We, we say the word commands. It's almost like feels negative to us, like someone's bossing us around. But think about it. God's intention. No other gods before me. No idols and don't worship them. Don't misuse my name. Don't use my name in any kind of vain way. And keep the Sabbath day holy. Keep it separate. I'm giving you a gift. It's called rest. Oh, but God, I have to do this. No. Rest. Yeah, but if I don't get it done by Monday, I gotta 
rest. And maybe in that pause we go, oh, breathe. I can focus on the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the difference you've made in my life just by the difference you've asked me to make in this day. It's different than the rest of the week. What's God's intention with all these rules? Intimacy with his people. A relationship with you. He wants the other gods and the idols and the time that you'll never spend with him or focus on him. And being an affront to him because of how you use his name flippantly. He'd remove all of those because I want to be your heavenly father. I want this relationship with you. Today we get to respond by taking communion together. And I want this to mean something slightly different today than maybe it does every other week. Because we're about to take this bread that represents Jesus' body and this, this cup that represents his blood. And Jesus tells us and tells the disciples, do this in remembrance of me. This is my memorial meal and I want you to remember my sacrifice. And today I want you to remember the work The work of God. From the beginning of time, his salvation plan to give us an opportunity to respond to him and to be saved is through Jesus Christ. He paid it all. We sang it earlier. Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. And in this moment, may we thank the Lord for the work of Jesus Christ. That his sacrifice on the cross. The nails that he took for us. The work that he did so that we could have not only rest one day a week, but what about this, folks? Eternal rest instead of eternal torment. (laughs) Thank you, God, for the work that you've done and the fact that you've tried to program me into this rhythm in life where I can rest because it will help me focus on you. A day in your presence a day that feels different than other days because I rest in you. Let's pray this morning. Lord God, I thank you for this opportunity we have now to take this communion together. God, as we do this, as we take this bread that represents your body and this cup that represents your blood, um, God, I'm reminded this morning in 1 Corinthians, it says, do not take of this in an unworthy manner. And so God, we, it says, so a man must examine himself before he takes the bread and the cup, to to really ask ourselves, are you really in Christ Jesus? Have you given your life? Have you surrendered your soul? Is he Lord? Is he your master? Is he your boss? Because if he is, we do what the boss tells us to do. And God, you're so loving to us that it never feels like your boss. It feels like you're the loving heavenly father. And you put these commands on us because you want to be close to us. And the intentionality behind it is to show us where we fall short, but to also show us that if we walk with you, how we can have this newness of life. And so, God, I pray as we take this bread and this cup together, we'd remember your sacrifice. We'd remember the work of Jesus. We'd remember that you paid it all so that we can have hope, life, a little bit of rest in this world, but Better than that, eternal rest with you someday in heaven. We thank you for that. We pray you continue to speak to us in these next few moments as we take this communion together. In Jesus' name, amen. Take just a couple minutes here and commune with your heavenly Father and his son, Jesus Christ.